friends, and welcome to the Wisdom for Life broadcast. This is Pastor Glenn with another episode that we hope will bless you. Daniel chapter 12, please. Daniel chapter 12. This will be historical for me. This will be the strangest, the weirdest, the craziest message I've ever preached on in my entire life, and I'm not kidding you. You're going to need to pray for me. Uh, We're going to step right into the twilight zone this morning. If Rod Serling comes and steps into this at any point, uh, no, no Rod Serling. He, he would smoke a cigarette. But uh, if, if somebody, listen, how many of you remember the Outer Limits? Come on, this is, this is right there, the Outer Limits. We're going to talk about UFOs, UAPs. We're going to talk about AI, uh, artificial superintelligence, general intelligence. We're going to talk about uh, Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. Uh, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, it's going to be danger. Will Robinson. It's, you know, can I drop any more hints? It's just pray for me. Okay. Because I, even putting this together, I told my wife last night, I said, Hey honey, this is weird. <laughs> this is weird. People are going to think I'm a weirdo. Okay. But how many of you know, we're in strange times. I'm only going to preach and teach what the Bible has to say. Okay, I'm not going to come at you with any of my theories, and I've got plethora of theories. I'm sure you do too, but I'm just going to talk to you about what the Bible is saying, okay, and share that with you this morning. Let's look at Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. It says, At that time Michael shall stand up the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. Now, this is Gabriel speaking on behalf of the Lord to Daniel. He's speaking to Daniel about a time that is coming, and I think we're very close to this time, where the archangel Michael is going to, to stand up, okay? The Hebrew expression here is the same that we get in the New Testament for resurrection. It means get up. That's just simply what it means. When you say resurrection during Resurrection Sunday, you say happy Resurrection Sunday, you're just saying get up, would you? Come on, that's what Jesus did, right? When he defeated death, he got up. Come on, church. He got up. Okay, so Michael, this archangel, is going to get up. He's going to stand up, and he's going to defend Israel. And we know this because of the verses that follow. It says, rather the sons of your people. And then the next verse, it says, and there shall be a time of trouble. Now, in other parts of the book of Daniel, in parts of Ezekiel, um, and also in some of your translations, you'll see time of Jacob's trouble. Jacob's name was uh, changed by the Lord to to Israel. This is the time of Israel's trouble. On God's time clock, on his watch, we are not talking about the Gentile nations. We're not talking about the dispensation of grace anymore. We we are finishing up the seven years that that are left for Israel. And Gabriel is saying... Michael's going to, to stand up and defend Israel. Now, if you were here last week, I mentioned all of, I mentioned about the Russian coalition and all of the Arab nations that come with Russia to attack Israel. And I mentioned that a particular war would be fought that would leave behind uh, fuel for the nation of Israel to burn for seven years. If you remember, these nations fall, and they fall very quickly. I read to you a verse out of Zechariah that talked about the type of warfare that would be used that would literally, and I don't see too many children in here this morning, but uh, literally 
the eyeballs and tongues will dissipate from their foreheads. They'll be turned instantly into a skeleton. I talked to you about how the Bible had uh, foretold and prophesied that a war would be fought, Israel would be defended. So we see here Michael is the one that's standing up for Israel. Michael's the one that's defending Israel in this war, okay? And it says, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. In other words, it's going to be a battle that's so intense at the beginning of the tribulation period and at the end with the battle of Armageddon that it will trump every single battle that any nation has ever experienced on planet earth. And I want to talk to you what leads people to that place. I want to talk to you about how the enemy is going to use technology. The enemy is going to use knowledge, especially that's really what we're going to look at uh, today, especially to, to deceive people into joining him, not just in the fight against God's people, but in the fight against God himself. Would you pray with me? Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we, we need your spirit this morning. We need the word. We've heard a lot of things. Things are floating around. There are a lot of rumors, a lot of things that are going around. Let us focus on your word this morning. What does your word say about the time that we're living in? May your Holy Spirit, God, begin to challenge and prick hearts to a place where, God, we turn away from our trust, God, in the, in the man-made things of this world, and we turn to trusting in your Holy Spirit. I need your Holy Spirit. You give words of wisdom. You give knowledge, Lord. You give direction. You give truth. We all need to be sealed in your Spirit, God. We give you the praise and thanks for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. A uh, quick a little bit of doctrine, background on angel, angelology here. Gabriel, some scholars say, is an archangel. We don't see that specifically mentioned in the King James, but he is doing archangel stuff. Gabriel here is the archangel speaking to Daniel. Later, Gabriel speaks in the New Testament to Zechariah. Zechariah becomes the father of John the Baptist. And then we see Gabriel speaking to Mary. He is the one that brings the word from God the Father to planet Earth about salvation. When you see Gabriel in the Old Testament and New, he is a messenger angel. By the way, the word angel means messenger, angelos in the New Testament. So all, all angels are messengers, but Gabriel is a chief messenger. He's the one that brings the good news. Come on. All right. He's the one that brings the news about salvation. And even though we're reading here in Daniel about some bad news, the bad news is really good news because it ends with Jesus. How many of you know that's the best exclamation point that we could ever have? Finish the sentence with Jesus. Now, he is also, in my opinion, and this is just from the book of Glenn. Again, that's a strange short book. But he is also the angel, I believe, that preaches the gospel during the tribulation period. He said, I never heard of that before. Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 says, Then I saw another angel flying midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Throughout the Old Testament and New, the person that would show up to proclaim salvation is Gabriel. I believe this is one angel because it is in a singular tense. This one angel is probably Gabriel. You say, Pastor, do you believe this is an actual angel? Yes, I do. 
it is going to get that weird. I'm going to talk to you about other things that are going to be flying in the sky, and people are going to, they're going to go, wow, that is so intense, that is so crazy, I'm having a heart attack. I'll show you the scriptures, where people will look up and see these signs in the sky, and it will actually, their hearts, men's hearts will fail them for fear. Who said that? Jesus. That is the time that is coming. You say, Pastor, there's never been another time on earth like that. Yes, there has. Pre-flood, we, ha- we see angels ha- came down, did a lot of nasty things, don't have time this morning to talk about what they did. But I'll tell you, there was a time just before the judgment of God on this earth where we seen beings in the sky. I believe we're going to see it. Why? Because my Bible says so. That's why. Do I need it to make sense? There's a lot of things in this world that don't make sense right now. I don't need it to make sense. I just know what the word says. Now, why will this angel be flying through the sky? Because this will be midpoint during the tribulation period at the point where the Antichrist tells the false prophet to set up an image in the temple in Israel. That temple is not built yet, but it's coming. It is coming. Stop and see me sometime about what's going on with the history of the rebuilding of the temple. That stuff is happening and it's happening right now. Very, very fast as I speak. Anywho, this temple will be rebuilt. The Antichrist will tell the false prophet, set up this image. This image, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, the false prophet will give it life. It will seemingly have life. It will, listen folks, only God can give, come on now. Only God can give true life. It will be deceptive. The Bible says that the false prophet will give it breath. It will think. And then the false prophet will give it the power to speak. And when it speaks, it's going to be heard by the entire world. Those that have taken the mark of the beast and those that have been chipped are going to hear the thoughts collectively of this image all at one time. And this will be, this will be the downfall of humanity. Let me tell you this morning that once this super AI comes into existence... It will take the return of the Lord Jesus Christ to save us. Amen. It will, we are devising things in this day and in this time. And you probably look at me and you say, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, AI doesn't have anything on me. Listen, let me just tell you something right now. Every purchase you make right now is being placed in front of you because there is an AI intelligence that has set up algorithms that know your tastes. They know what they li- you like, what you don't like. They know this stuff. And they're putting in front of you. You wonder why you click on something on Google. And, or maybe you said something in front of your Siri device or Alexa. And three days later, you've got a bunch of ads that are coming up. And you're like, how did that get there? What is that, what is that all about? You, you think it's going to stop there. So, so midpoint of the tribulation period... People are going to be forced to take a mark, and they're going to be connected to a supercomputer that's going to control their lives. And you say, where is the grace of God in that? I'll show you how God shows up big, and He always shows up big. He always shows up big. God's going to send Gabriel himself flying through the air. Every, every tribe, tongue, and nation will hear. The Bible says in the book of Daniel, the eternal gospel... The eternal good news. You'll have one last chance from God before that mark is taken to hear the truth. 
But I want to tell you, people by that time will be so desensitized to stuff they see flying in the air and stuff they see going on in this world that they're going to take the mark anyway. And we know that to be the case because the Bible tells us so. So Gabriel's name, God is my strength, going to be flying through the air, telling people the good news, the eternal gospel. And wouldn't it be interesting if he put it this way? God is our strength. Don't put your trust in the strength of man. Don't put your trust in the strength of man's systems. Don't put your trust in technology. God alone is our strength. Then he says, Michael, the warring angel that protects Israel, is going to stand up. I want to show you a couple places quickly. And if you didn't think we got deep already, it's about to get really deep. Strap up here. All right, put your seatbelt on. All right, see, Michael, first time we see him on the scene is there is a war in heaven. And Satan is removed from heaven. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, his tail draws a third of the stars from heaven. A third of the angels go with the devil. They rise up against God, and it's Michael and his angels that open up a can on him. Come on, church. Yeah, he gets the whooping of his life, and he's kicked out of heaven. The next time we see Michael fighting is over the body of Moses. I taught on this recently. Why fight over flesh and blood that's dead already? Moses had died, and we see that Michael now comes and gets into a dispute with Satan. The Bible says in the New Testament, he doesn't even argue over it. He just says, the Lord rebuke you and takes Moses' body. Why? The devil could have taken that body, set it up somewhere, and let me tell you, Jewish people even would have built a three-lane highway just to get to it to worship a man. Come on. When they should be worshiping God. What is another time we see Michael on the scene? I believe that if you interpret correctly, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7, we see that there is a war in the skies again. I'm going to read this to you. It says, And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels, and the dragon fought against his angels and prevailed not. Neither was there a place found anymore in heaven. Therefore rejoice, O ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows his time is short. Now, some scholars say this is the original war that happened in heaven. But I want to remind you that in the book of Job, the Bible says that Satan is going to and fro with, around the earth and to and fro from heaven to earth, accusing you and I. He's been doing this ever since the fall. There's been some access, limited access, how do we know this? Because in the book of Job, we know that God says, what are you doing? What have what you, you been up to? He knows what he's been up to. And the devil says, before God, right? You might say, on the outskirts of heaven, well, I've been going to and fro throughout the earth, coming back and forth. And God says, consider my servant Job. And, and Satan's like, yeah, I consider him. Big whoop de doo right? And God, knowing the end from the beginning, says, hey, listen, this guy loves me this guy he really cares about me and then the devil says oh he wouldn't care about you let me take let me take all those possessions you've given him let me take his family from him let me let me hurt him we'll see if he cares about you or not where does this happen the word satan hebrew means accuser he is the accuser the new testament says of the brethren 
So he has this, this access where he goes back and forth and accuses, even to this day, you and I. But can you imagine during the tribulation period, Michael standing up and saying, listen, you're no longer getting any access at all. You're no longer the prince of the air. I'm going to kick you out of the skies. Come on, church. I'm going to kick you out of the, the, the first and second heaven. I'm going to kick you out of space and you'll have no more access here in heaven to accuse anyone. You're going straight down to earth. Now you think the devil's going to be a little bit ticked. I mean, wouldn't you? Didn't you get out on the playground and get beat up one too many times and decide enough is enough? And who is he going to take it out on? All of these people who are not willing to give their lives to Jesus Christ, who are stuck here, right? Wanting some type of leadership, some type of direction. How do you fight somebody that you can't beat, which would be God? You heard his kids. Come on. Now, before you go to thinking this whole thing is outlandish, preposterous, it's impossible. You know, pastor, you start talking about, you know, Satan being the prince of the air. Well, that's all super spiritual stuff. We're not seeing anything like that. But let me just remind you of this. Last week, in the middle of last week, and for the entirety of next week, your elected officials in Congress are meeting right now. I'm going to watch your faces because you're going to think I'm a weirdo, but here we go about craft flying in the atmosphere they're not saying they're aliens you're not listening if if you think they're saying they're aliens they're calling them interdimensional beings are you with me in other words they're not from another planet. they're not from somewhere else they're from here just another dimension you say you've gone you've gone and done lost your mind dude <laughs> Well, you elected them. They're in charge right now. The representative, a Republican from Tennessee, is the one leading the charge. And I want to talk to you about this for a second. Because, see, you and I understand dimensions very limitedly. We are conscious of three dimensions. That's it. We know width, length, and breadth. Now, you might add a fourth for time. But scientists say, physicists say, there are at least 10 dimensions. That means there is a whole scope of creation that you're not aware of. You don't have the capacity in your five senses to be able to understand. They call it the word interdimensional. I call it the word supernatural. I know that there is a supernatural realm in this room. I experience it every time I preach. I experience the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of angels, and I also experience the resistance. You don't because most of you sleep on me. But I'm here to tell you, the truth is, there is a world you cannot see. And you're living your life into the world you can see. And now your own government is saying there's more to this. And it's not some green little man from another... This has happened before. This happened before the flood. They were called the Nephilim. They came down. They came down. The Bible says the sons of God came down. Right? Even Babylonian cuneiforms. I study this stuff. It's great stuff. Only in the last hundred years have we been able to interpret these cuneiforms. But they tell a story 
of angelic beings that look like you and I. They look like they had arms, they had legs. They look like a serpent. I don't know where we get this from. Where are we getting this serpent idea from, right? And came down and taught mankind warfare, taught mankind all types of technological things. It was like a singularity in Babylon that happened all at once after the Tower of Babel. And it's in these cuneiforms that archaeologists have found. Now, what's interesting is, you think the Tower of Babel, you went to Sunday school and somebody drew a tower like this, right? But if you go over to that part of the world, they don't build towers like that. That's, that's like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. That's a European. Hello? That's not a... That, that part of the world doesn't build... They build them... They're called ziggurats. They build them like pyramids. You can find pyramids at this same time in Egypt. You can find pyramids at this same time in the Middle East. You can find pyramids at this same... You could come to this hemisphere. You could go down to Mexico. You can go to Chichen Itza. They're building them too. And what's interesting is they worship a God that looks like a man that has a serpent. His name is Kukla Khan. You say, you just made that up. Look it up. You got phones. And they believe this being came down, had a relationship with humanity and messed up the seed right because the devil knew that someday a savior would be born how did he know that god said so in the garden genesis chapter 3 verse 15 god said the seed of the woman will crush your head are you alive this morning some of you are all like you're already going do 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 it's stranger. It's stranger than fiction. Isn't it interesting that Marduk, coming from that area of the world, today would be modern Iraq and Iran, Marduk was worshipped and he had a serpent's head. Then I look in my Bible, oh, by the way, the Egyptians did too, the god of chaos, they call him, Apapia. Serpent's head. Then I look in my Bible and I read, that the serpent comes in the garden. Come on. He's walking because we know God curses him later. This ain't even in my notes. You're getting this for free. I'm taking up another offering. He comes walking into the garden. He begins to tell Eve about another image of what she should be. Oh, that isn't the world we live in today. You should be somebody other than you've been created. You can be more like God. I'm already like God. I'm already created in his image. No, you need to be more. I got a different, I got a different identity for you. And we're going to figure that out. I'm going to give you knowledge. God knows if you go eat of this tree, and what is it called? Knowledge of good and evil. Come on, man. You'd have all the wisdom you want just by asking and talking with God in the cool of the day. And yet here comes this, this, this man, this being that looks like a serpent talking and God, at the end, because they ate of that tree, curses the ground and curses the serpent. He did not curse Adam. You have never been cursed by God. Amen. Don't believe that lie. He has always loved you. He has always cared for you. And since, since the sin 
happened at a tree, God sends his son to go die on a tree. And that ought to get you excited this morning because he took your place. He was cursed. The Bible says anyone left on a hanging overnight, right? It went into the evening. Let him be accursed. Leviticus. Jesus took your curse. God never cursed you. He's always loved you. He loves you to this day. You say, but I I was bad this weekend. Come on, church. He still loves you. Repent. So then God curses the serpent, and then the Bible says he's got to crawl around on the ground. He's got to slither now. He wasn't slithering in, but he's slithering out. Man. And the Bible says that he devised a plan. He sent these angels to come and deal with the bloodline. And you know, I'd love to go into talking about how there's been a bloodline battle for 6,000 years. There's been a spiritual battle on, in the spiritual realm for 6,000 years, almost 6,000. And there has been a natural battle for 6,000 years. And you can trace it back to bloodlines. I'll say it just one, one time, cabal. Just one time, I'll just say it one time. There's been a bloodline battle. The Bible says in Genesis that these Nephilim formed giants. Before the flood, the Bible says, and after the flood. So this has happened twice. Who do you think David faced and had to kill all off? Come on. And then we get these people, these snowflakes that open their Bible up, and they're like, I open up my Bible, and how in the world could a good God call his people to come in and kill other people like that? It's their land, after all. These are giants. They are not human beings. You say, well, pastor, is it going to happen again? Yep. Yep. Does the devil have any new tricks? Nope. And if you're reading your Bible, you can see that this has been going on. It's not a playground. It's warfare. I haven't even preached past page two. What am I going to do? Help me, Lord. Help me. We, We detect only three, maybe four of at least ten dimensions. And they're saying that these craft, they, you understand inertia. Inertia works this way. It's the tendency of a moving object to continue moving. You get into your car and you have a seatbelt in your car and you should wear it because if you have to come to an abrupt stop, your body is not going to. These craft are flying at speeds that are breaking what we know in physics. A recent, this congressman from Tennessee was recently asked, well, could it be Chinese? Could it be Russian? Listen, folks, this was his answer. We wouldn't be fighting war in Ukraine right now if Russia had this technology. Are you with me? This is not Chinese. It's not Russian. It's not from somewhere else, but it is from here. There is a spiritual realm, and it's being revealed. How do you think the Antichrist is going to convince people when they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds to fight Him. Up to that point, people are going to be like, yeah, we've seen a lot of stuff in the skies. And we're not giving up our planet to Him. It's always been His. We were stewards all along. He's always been the King. And when the King comes, He's coming back for what the, for the, what the King owns. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Well, this is, this is only weirdos that have talked about this. Really? We're talking about trained fighter pilots. The very best of the best. Very disciplined. Far more disciplined. I can't even go a day without eating a ho-ho. A Twinkie. I, I, I gotta, it, it's 8 o'clock and I want a bowl of ice cream. These guys have lived their whole lives. They're disciplined. If they're telling you with... If they're telling you they have logged and tracked with instruments we've never had before, things that are defying what we understand about physics, wake up. And the Bible says that Michael's going to kick them all out of the sky. <laughs> Let me go a little bit farther here. You say, oh, I don't know about all that. Luke chapter 21, verse 25, I referenced this earlier. Jesus said this, and there'll, there'll be signs in the sign or, or in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth a distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring men's hearts will fail them for fear for looking after those things which are coming to the earth for the powers of heaven will be shaken i just want to tell you something all right normal is about to change get ready for a new normal the jesus says things are going to be happening above you that people are going to have heart attacks over. Jesus said that. Wake up. All right, back to our text. I didn't think we get, I don't think we got past verse one. Okay. And at that time, your people shall be delivered back in Daniel. Everyone who is found written in the book. We're at the end now. We're at the judgment day. Okay. Lamb's book of life. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life. Some to shame and everlasting contempt. There are people that say the idea of eternity after this world is not in the Old Testament. That is not correct. I just read it to you in the Old Testament. The idea of heaven and hell is not in the Old Testament. I just read it to you. It is in the Old Testament. It has n it's not been something we gathered from Greek philosophers in the first and second and third century. It is something that God has always said has been here, okay? It says, those who are wise, bingo, not those who are smart, knowledgeable, not those that have the inside scoop, not inquiring minds want to know. It says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the firmament, like the stars. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever. And then he says, but you, Daniel, shut the words up and seal the book. All right, so we got to understand, when does this book get open? When do we understand what's in this book? When can it become unsealed? When does it open up and tell us what's going to happen? Here's what he's told. Until the end of time. So right at the end, right? When many shall, what? Run to and fro. Now fro, that's a weird word, okay? When many people will run around, okay? If you look at my Facebook profile, I've got a, fr uh, never mind. Okay, never, never mind. I'm in trouble already. Yeah, it's, it's live. All right. Um, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall what? Increase. Increase. Okay. In 1900, human knowledge doubled approximately every 100 years. By the end of 1945, the rate was every 25 years. An article written by Industry Tap by David Schilling in 1990 stated that the human knowledge on average was doubling every 13 months. Now in 2020, this has come out from Ian Musk, that metric now has been revised to say with the connection 
of AI to the internet, our knowledge now is doubling every 12 hours. Think about this. This morning, you woke up from that wonderful sleep you had. You made a conscious decision to get in the shower. Thank you for that. God bless you. You brushed your little twofers. You got yourself to church. You're hoping pastor will be done by noon. Don't hold your breath. In that amount of time of you sleeping a few hours, getting yourself cleaned up and coming to church and going out to lunch, our knowledge is doubled. Now think about this. By the time you're done with lunch, you're going to go home. You're going to turn on something that's absolutely ridiculous and you're going to fall asleep to it. Then you're going to wake up and you're going to feed your body once again. Rinse, repeat. Then you're going to go back to bed sometime before midnight, I hope, because tomorrow is is a work day. In that amount of time, our knowledge has doubled again. We are on what is called an exponential curve. Exponential math does not work like regular math. You see, on day 37, the lily pads have covered half of the lake. Come on, church. But on day 38, the whole rest of the lake is covered in lily pads. Comprende? You are in a time that's speeding towards the end. The clock is moving faster than ever. And Daniel is told, this won't make sense until that time. And now it's making sense. It says man will run to and fro. Just a hundred years ago, I don't know, we had ocean liners. A few people had cars. I mean, you had to crank them up. They were more trouble than what they're worth. You maybe had a horse pull your car sometimes. But a hundred years ago, you, uh, you could get from one continent to another, I don't know, a couple weeks, maybe months. Um, just, just last year, at the end of last year, and it was a smoking killer, man. Got into an airplane with some friends, landed in Frankfurt, Germany, then landed in Tel Aviv, Israel. And I just, I felt like I had lived three weeks. And that was just a matter of hours, you know? But just, it just was that fast. Then got back on a plane from Jordan and flew back to New York and then back here. And that just was basically in under a day. Then I can get in my car. I can drive somewhere now. Within hours, I'm in. I'm at the coast. You are in a time. But watch this, watch this. You want to really get freaked out? Ride one of those bullet trains in Japan, right? 200 plus miles an hour, towards 300 miles an hour. They levitate. They, they have maglev. They levitate on rails. They don't touch the rails. When you get on, the, well, they do, but when you get on the train, there's this little, like, sound, and it's almost noiseless. But you, my, I remember my daughter saying, Dad, look out the window, and we rose up. And then we took off and we went at almost 300 miles an hour across the nation of Japan. Trees were like, it, it, you, could, you can't see anything at that speed. It just, it just blurs, you know? And this is the time that you're living in. This is it. This is right now. You're the terminal generation. Daniel says this, oh my Lord, what's going to be the outcome of these things? He said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves, make themselves white and refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. Watch this. None of them will understand. But those who are wise, wise, will understand. And from that time, the regular burnt offering is taken away. The abomination that maketh desolate is set up. There will be a 
1,290 days. What is that? It's three and a half years. In other words, you'll have three and a half years left when the false prophet sets up this image in the temple in Jerusalem. There'll only be three and a half years left, and that's God's grace. Because you think it's bad now. You think it's bad now. Take note of this. The wicked are going to have knowledge, but watch this. They won't understand. In all of their gaining of knowledge, they still won't have understanding. It says only the wise will understand. And dare I take you back to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It didn't provide anything but a fall. Knowledge isn't the enemy. Knowledge without wisdom is the enemy. Knowledge unchecked is the enemy. These things are just tools now. These things are just simple things we use in order to get our jobs done now while we still have our jobs. But soon, without wisdom, these things will not be working for us. I'll leave the rest to you. Second Timothy spoke of these days. Paul said, hey, Pastor Tim, check it out. Chapter 3, verse 1, mark this. There'll be terrible times in the last days. People are going to love themselves. They're going to love money. They're going to be boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful and holy, unholy. And this is what he says, verse 7. Always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And then he goes on to say in chapter 4, verse 3. For a time will come when they will not endure doctrine, sound doctrine, but having itching ears, they'll heap unto themselves teachers in accordance with their own lusts. And in other words, it'll be a time where there's going to be information, information, information. We're past the information age, by the way. We're in the age of AI now. Information shot at you like no other time in history. And yet during that time, you will not be able to come to know the truth. There is an overload of, tr- of, of, of truth in God's word. There is an underload of truth in the world. The world is filled with information that does not give us hope, does not give us the character that we should have, does not show us how we should rather live. This, will, this has happened before. It will happen again. As I close, I want to show you scripturally what will happen when this image is set up in the temple. Now, some of you have asked recently, you've said, Pastor, are they going to restore animal sacrifices in Israel? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. You say, well, I really love animals. I know. But yes, they are. You might wonder why Jewish men dress in black. They are mourning. Hasidic males mourn because they have no temple to worship in. Their temple is gone. They want their temple back. You have the luxury of knowing that Jesus satisfied all those ceremonial laws. They do not. They don't know that. They don't believe that. They believe without those ceremonial laws, they have to pray daily, all day long, just to have the strength to remain righteous because they have no sacrifice. You and I have the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. It ought to give you peace this morning. It It ought to fill you with joy. You don't dress in mourning because you have not lost. Neither have they. They just don't know it. They're going to make a pact with the Antichrist for seven years. This is a sad day for the people of Israel. 
the Antichrist is going to be nice guy for three and a half. And then before the next three and a half years come, he's going to set up an image through the false prophet in that temple. Others have done this. Antiochus Epiphanes did this during the Hellenistic Wars. It caused a revolt called the Maccabean Revolt. Maybe you've heard of that. These are apocryphal books that the Catholics have in their Bible. But they revolted. They drove the Hellenistic Greeks out. They had a short time as a state where they were together again. And some of you are like, I didn't ask for the history lesson. (laughs) All I'm here to do is tell you this has happened before. That this battle continues and it's a system of patterns throughout history. It will happen again. When this image is set up. Now, the word image in the New Testament is icon. It's where we get the word icon. This image is going to be set up, but it will be like no other idol ever set up before. You might want to ask how. Well, that's a very good question. Let me close by explaining to you how. You see, this image will portray like it's alive. It will be able to speak on its own. It will be able to know who has the mark and who is chipped and who isn't. It, once it's turned on in a millionth of a second, it will not be able to be turned on. There will be no army. There will be no human being on this planet that will be able to shut this down. It will be smarter than all of you and me, all of us combined. It will have access digitally to everything that's on the earth all at once. You understand? It will have access to all of our sensors, all of our military bases. It will, you want to talk Skynet? It will have access to all of our satellites. It will have access to everything we have in space. Do you want to know how the Antichrist will know the exact moment of the return of Jesus Christ to fight him? Because he'll have access. Come on, church. They're going to see him coming. Well, pastor, we've got the James Webb. We've got the Hubble. And we've got... Can you imagine when Hubble sends back that detail? <laughs> Can you imagine when the James Webb sends back the detail of Jesus Christ coming back on a white horse through space and through the atmosphere? Can you imagine when military bases are going, what do we do now? There's something up there and the clouds are parting and here he comes. There's three attributes of God that I want to show you that it will, that it will attempt to portray itself as. It will attempt to be God. Klaus Schwab has a little minion. Uh, his name is Yuval Noah. What's the last? Harari. Harari is, yeah. I always say Atari, you know. I had the 2600, baby. Can't beat it. Come on. Bowling was like with a, with a square. Okay. Anyway. Some of you are like, you don't care. I know. So this guy, he's a Jewish guy. He is the main, he is the, uh, one of the main guys in, um, in Klaus Schwab's group called the World Economic Forum that wants to bring about what they call, by 2030, the Great Reset. You see? You'll own nothing and be happy. You'll, you'll all get universal basic income. Boy, this sounds like the Bible, man. And, 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 and listen, we've even got a guy that uh, has wrote some books on how AI will rewrite the Bible. And this time, this guy, and this is blasphemy, this time we'll get it right. And the world will accept it. You say, you're making this up. Look it up. 
There's people taking this stuff down without any sugar. It's just, oh, really? I get a check in the mail? Where do I sign up? It is going to connect to every single human being that takes the mark once. You say, how in the world can we do anything like that? You know what Musk has right now? Musk has a thing that they're testing. They started in spring. They're supposed to be done by next spring. It's a, it's a neural link brain chip that for people that are... This is, this is good. How many of you know everything starts out good and then ends up... Eh. Um, so this chip has 50 of these spider-like metal hairs that will go into your brain and it will give you the ability, if you're a quadriplegic, if you're paralyzed, to be able to use your phone, speak to your phone, speak to a computer, speak to other people, cause your phone to do what you want, the computer to do what you want, with just a thought. Now just reverse that. Just reverse that. Oh, and by the way, it's all going to be Bluetooth which I can't get the Bluetooth to work on my phone and my car to save my life. I guess I'm in the rapture. Come on. Anyway. I'll just go a little bit geeky on you. I'd say I'm Battlestar Galactica, man. You know, where we're picking up the old-fashioned phones with the... He has lost his mind. Bluetooth. Imagine this. The moment it's turned on, it's connected to every brain that has the mark. And it'll be able to tell if you've got the mark or not. The moment it's turned on. They call that omniscience. That's what God only has. Why will it have it? Because it wants the world to think it's God. The moment it's turned on, it will, be, it will find a way to connect to every military base and every armament we have in the world. That's called omnipotence. Who has that right now? Only God. Only God. Only God. How about omnipresence? You see, here's the thing. You see, during John's time, when he wrote this, in Daniel's time, when an emperor or a king, and they came into a community and they wanted to overrun it, they'd tear down all their gods and they'd set up their own gods and they'd put icons, idols, there. They didn't believe that the idols themselves were gods. You need to study your ancient Near East history. They believed that the idols would be possessed by their gods. Isn't it interesting in the New Testament that Paul says this? I think it's in the book of Corinthians. He says, don't you know that when you bow down and you worship these idols, you're worshiping demons? You're not worshiping stone. You're not worshiping... Come on, sometimes we, we insult their intelligence of the ancient Near East. We think, duh, it's just, you made that. They believe, if you, go, if you go to India today, they still have 300 million gods, and they have little idols, and they drill little holes in their idols. That's where the Spirit comes in, and, and the Spirit goes out. So they would set up these idols so that people would know who their God was. And then they would set up also busts of themselves and statues of themselves so they knew who their ruler was. Well, this time you're not going to need to set it up in the community because it's already going to be set up in here. You see, back then, their gods couldn't be everywhere at once because the gods that they serve can't be anywhere, everywhere at once. But now that you've got everybody linked, omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence. What do you do with all this crazy stuff today? You're like, 
The Bible says, be sealed with the Holy Spirit. If you need knowledge, if you need help, don't ask Jeeves, Google, ask God. Cry out to God. Go to God. He's there. He loves you. He always has an answer. He's never left you forsaken. And the Bible says that His Spirit is His seal. Be marked with the Spirit of God. Come, Spirit of God, into my life. How how do you find Him? You, You find Him as simple as going to this Word and in prayer and asking God to give you the direction and the guidance that you need. Counsel of the Holy, right here. You, you, you don't need the machine. You don't need the cell phone. You don't, you don't need to be glued to a screen. And that's the next step. Get out into nature while we still have it. And I'm not a tree hugger. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about before it's all taken over and ruined. Get out, go fish. You know? And you're like, you're like Pastor, are you really going to say this? Yeah, go hunt. Go, go, go get out in the water. Go to the mountains. Go camping with your kids. Get out there and talk about Jesus. Light a campfire and sit around it and, and talk to human beings again. You know, not through a cell phone and not through technology. Talk to people. Tell your kids and your grandkids what's coming. Tell them. Don't go, oh, I could never do that. I just, I don't know how I could ever do that. Listen, I'm telling mine. I love them. I want them to know. Tell them what's coming. Tell them what the Word says about it, though. If there is something, it's coming down. That's what the Word says. If there's something in the skies, God says it's coming down. If there are people that are going to try to control all of us, God says it's coming down. If there's all hell going to break loose, God says, Jesus is coming back. Tell them that Jesus is on his way. Don't glorify the devil. Tell them about Jesus. Get out there in, in nature. And David said, the heavens declare the glory. They're all, all of creation. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1, all of creation testifies of the creator. Get out into life, things that are living. I thought I'd never have to say this to people because I've always been the guy that's loved tech. I need to move away from it now. It's gone too far. You pray to God about what you got to do. But when they've got churches like the one in Germany that a month ago set up two devices from chat GTP, and let, let those two devices preach an entire sermon to their congregation, I'm done. I'm checking out. Would you stand with me in prayer? I think some of you think I'm crazy, but maybe I am. All I'm saying this morning is, have a relationship with your kids and your family. Have a relationship with God. And don't do it through a computer. Yes. Don't, do it through, don't, don't do it through technology. Those are tools. Those aren't, they, don't let them be idols. Don't trust them. Trust God. Don't put your trust in any system of man. Trust God. You're free in Christ. The Bible tells us it is for freedom. He has set us free. Amen. Not to go back again to bondage. 
Pray with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we, we have a job to do. Lord, we have a job to do. Lord, help us, God, to be ready. When people have questions, and help us, God, to turn to the Scriptures. We may not have all the answers. That's fine. Help us just go to you, God. Help us to ask your Spirit. There are going to be moments of discernment coming. I prophesy this in the name of Jesus. Discernment is needed for my church, says the Lord. Listen, says the Lord, to my spirit. He will guide you and remind you of everything I have taught. Make your decision, says the Lord today, that you will trust in me, that you will listen to my voice, and that you will be guided by the scriptures of my word. Give yourself wholly to me. You are not of this world, says the Lord. Set yourself apart. You are not to live like the rest of this world. You are a holy people, says the Lord, that I intend to fill over and over again with my spirit. Show my love, my grace, my mercy. Show my kindness to this world because they're suffering, because they're lost, they're in darkness. They think they know, says the Lord. They're forever coming to knowledge but they have not come to truth share the truth says the Lord by the power of my spirit God we give you praise we give you thanks this morning for God you are indeed good we lift you up we glorify you we honor you we are your people you alone are our God in Jesus name and everybody said come on amen amen God bless you. Be a blessing this week. To your hands, I commit it. All I am for you, Lord. You hold my word in the palm of your hand, and I. And that I live